And I think by getting those opportunities and uh, yeah, the opportunity to thrive things and learn and grow, I developed into a better version of myself that I didn't know existed yet. Trust your muse. The podcast exploring new ways of working. Hi, and a very warm welcome to Trust Your Muse, the podcast exploring new ways of working. The reason this podcast came to life is quite simple. I love to travel and get to new places. I enjoy meeting inspiring people. I actually need to learn continuously and challenge myself. And on top of that, I really like to ask a lot of questions. So somehow I ended up living in the Netherlands for a month last year in October, subletting my flat in Berlin to a friend. And by the way, thanks, Therese, for taking such a good care of my plans. And I have to admit, before going abroad, I didn't have a concrete plan at all. And that was exactly the best way for me approaching this vocation. My motto, just be open, go with the flow and take the opportunities that will open up for you. That is actually what Trust Your Muse is about. Trusting yourself, your inner voice, and just start doing what you are passionate about. It sounds hard and big, but if you do the first little step, it's actually quite easy. I'm pretty excited to share this episode with you. Have you heard of the Corporate Rebels before? I can't recall when I first heard about them, but I do remember what I thought. Man, those two guys seem to be great dudes traveling the world with their remaining flight miles and visiting the most inspiring workplaces like Patagonia, Semco, Netflix, and also the German companies Premium Cola and Einhorn. And I'm not a fan of name-dropping awards or prices to impress and to show off, but they do deserve it. For their work, they have been selected for the top 30 most influential management thinkers by the Thinkers 50 Institute. So you might understand that I was a little nervous meeting Joost, who is one of the founders of the Corporate Rebels, for the first time in Eindhoven. And when we took a picture together, I had a little fangirling moment, I have to say. Their mission is to make work more fun. And it was fun talking to Joost, but this podcast episode is not going to be with him. The two hours we spent talking were not recorded and remain a secret, so sorry guys. But if you like to know more about Pimenius, the founders of the Corporate Rebels, their movement, their mission, how they work, get to know more about the bucket list, then I would recommend the podcast uh, Leader Morphosis by Lisa Gill, where she talks to Joost. I will link it in the show notes for you. So, why telling you the story then about the Corporate Rebels if this episode is not about them? A year ago, they decided to launch Revolt by Corporate Rebels. As a part of the Corporate Rebels ecosystem, they help organizations to transform and to get into action. 
It was actually my very first podcast interview, as it was for my lovely guest, Florine van Wolften-Palte. What I immediately liked about Florine was her calm, modest and open way of sharing her own story and experiences. She has always been interested in the connection between innovation and culture. She worked as an innovation coach for the bank ING and coached startups all around Europe. She and her husband moved to the US for two years, where she worked as a freelance consultant. At the time we talked, they had just moved back to the Netherlands and Florine had started working at Revolt. She now works as an innovation learning manager for another Dutch bank called ABN AMRO. And her goal there is to help the entrepreneurs within this bank to flourish. And by that, having a positive impact. So what are you going to expect in this episode? We talk about, of course, ta-da, new ways of working and supportive leadership. We also talk about frustration at work, which you might know, and how coaching helped Florine to overcome her frustration and demotivation. You will get some valuable tips and detailed examples on how to make work more fun and transform an organization from within. Have fun listening. Enjoy. Yeah, let's start with your story. I already was following corporate rebels for a while and was always so, I know, impressed by their boldness to just write these companies that I admired as well. Like Patagonia, for example, is one of my favorite companies. I read the book, Let My People Go Surfing. As you know, I'm a surfer as well. So that was also one of my first frustrations with my first company. Like, why can't I just go surfing if there are waves? Because... (laughs) I know that's that's what what benefits me the most right now and then when I come back out of the water I have a lot of um, inspiration for working on new designs and if you're gonna let me sit here watch the webcam (laughs) watch all those surfers go in water I'm not going to be happy so yeah um, that was one of my first frustrations with work and uh, Patagonia is a company that uh, lets their people go surfing whenever they want so that the fact that corporate rebels just flew over there and uh, had an interview there that was just for me was really inspiring at the moment can i catch the the title again let your people uh, let my people go surfing it's a book by Yvonne Chouinard which is the ceo of Patagonia and he talks about how he gives his employees the freedom to do their passions whenever they want because then they become happier employees he sees that happy people contribute a lot more to the company than people that are unhappy. Yeah. So, Corporate Rebels visited Patagonia and a lot of other companies. I followed them and then I saw that Kathleen, who I met a couple of years earlier, she started working there. So I was already getting in touch a little bit and then she said, we have this role to revolt, come join us. So yeah, we did our first interview over Skype when I was still working in New York. At the beginning of this year, I flew back to the Netherlands, settled in Amsterdam, first had a baby, and now I'm at Revolt. So you also had a, quite a, a journey, right, in the past year. Exactly, yeah. Wow. My first job, I quit after eight months, then the second after a year. And I was just like, why can't I just find my way here? And how 
come everyone is happy in their job except me. Yeah, that frustration, I think, with some of the companies that I had and just seeing how things could be differently. And I, I think being that junior back then, I just didn't have the, the tools to make a change, I think, within the company. I was just like, okay, I should be happy. Happy I already have a job. Mm-hmm. Everyone's telling me I should stay here for at least two years. Otherwise, it doesn't look good on my CV. Like, who am I to... And they're paying me a salary each month. Like, who am I to say that I want to go surfing? But that, that's deep in my heart. That's what I felt. Like, this, these things should be different. And I, I can be a really happy and productive employee here, but not in this way. And I think that's kind of where my passion to start thinking about new ways of working started. Mm-hmm. And you said that you also quit. And I... In my environment, there are a lot of people um, yeah, telling me about how unhappy they are, how frustrated they are, also yeah. feeling that they can't change anything. Yeah. What gave you the energy to move on, to listen to yourself, to your inner voice, and not the people saying, hey, uh, Florian, you have to stay here for two yeah. more years? I think online I saw some people that did work in a new way, and that really inspired me, so I think People are doing things differently. Mm-hmm. And I did some uh, coaching. I had a coach. I also went to a retreat where I learned a lot about myself. Mm-hmm. So especially one retreat was really an experience where I think I was the only one in an environment where a career is uh, important and where people are telling you to stick with your career. So when I told that to the, to the rest of the group, they were looking at me like, you're just so narrowed down in... Uh, in what you see in your experience because there's so much more in life than your career and this job (laughs) and I think that kind of opened up my mind as well because yeah when you go out of university you're already happy you have a job and people are just like I don't know applauding you that you have a job and stick with it well uh, (laughs) exactly security security, everything (laughs) well uh, A I think I realized this is just fake security because yeah I have a job today but I might not have it tomorrow let's be honest Mm -hmm. who am I fooling and the other one yeah I just wasn't happy so I remember myself also saying um, I can if I stick here I can't stay another month so how can I stay for another two years that just didn't feel realistic Mm -hmm. well the funny thing is it was a really cool company and if I look at the company right now I, uh, I know the owners of course it's a creative design agency We even worked with them through ING again. Okay. So I think it also wasn't the company, but also maybe more my own feeling of, I really felt stuck there. Yeah. Yeah. So it's also more what you said, it's more your own perception of it. Yeah, definitely. Learning journey and experiencing what you need to feel happy at work. Exactly. Yeah. Then you, you landed your job here mm-hmm. at Revolt, also by knowing Catalin uh, from before. And for those who don't know Revolt yet, yeah. maybe you can introduce them a bit into the story. What's different? What is special? Yeah, so first Revolt. Oh, well, let's first start with Corporate Rebels then. <laughs> Did you re- do you already have a podcast with them as well? Or? No. No, okay. No. Corporate Rebels started by Pim and Joost. And they, I think, have a little bit of a similar journey as I have in work. They started working for a big corporate company. And I think at the age of 26 to 27, they realized, like, hey, we are not engaged. 
all those ideas that we have, all the creativity that we came in the company with is kind of gone. And if we have an idea, we have to talk to seven people before someone even considers doing something with it. So Joost told me about, he was working in Barcelona. Oh, yeah. He actually liked what he was doing, but not the hierarchical part of it. Yeah. It also started with a little bit of frustration from their side. And they saw companies doing things differently. So they felt like, okay, let's just visit them and see what does work. Uh, the so famous bucket list. The famous bucket <laughs> list. They started the bucket list, they flew around the countries and they started a blog around it. And that developed into a whole movement with indeed a blog with a lot of visitors, but also they started doing talks at conferences, but also in uh, presentations for companies, for maybe, uh, you know, empty offsites, those kind of things. Also workshops, they are writing a book right now. So they kind of, yeah, we always say like Corporate Rebels is really about the movement and the community and yeah, starting a movement in these new waves of working. Mm -hmm. But they also found that a lot of companies came like, okay, I'm really inspired right now. I, I wanna I want to change within my company, uh, but how do I do that? And that's kind of where we came in. Katelijn and Freek were at that time already working with Pim and Joost. And they also said like, also from their personal experiences, they really liked being on stage and sharing inspiring stories, but they also liked working with companies and actually doing uh, things and actually making a change. So that's how Revolt started to get companies into action and to really work on the longer transformation programs. Mm -hmm. Corporate Rebels has a list of eight learnings from progressive companies. I don't know if you saw it. Mm -hmm. um, it kind of is a list where, um, uh, for example, it says from hierarchy to a network of teams, yeah. from profit uh, to purpose from uh, directive leadership to supportive leadership. And the, the from side is always where uh, companies that are a little bit traditional are based mm -hmm. and uh, two is more progressive. Yeah. So, And we always also use that framework to help companies navigate where they are at the moment and where they want to go to. And that the, uh, results in different types of projects. So for example, with uh, Hugo Boss, we defined their purpose. That's really on one of those learnings. With the whole Hugo Boss yeah. corporate. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's really cool. So you supported them in their journey, defining yeah. their purpose. Yeah. So we flew wow. to their different business units in Germany, the US, and uh, Asia, and then, yeah, did different workshops and defined their purpose. So that, that's a really cool project on one of those learnings. Uh, well, another company in the Netherlands right now, it's a Dutch insurer. Uh, they just came with the correct question, like we want to become a great place to work, like the great place to work research. They, they, they do that every year or two years and they just think they score too low. Um, so that's a really big question, but also in that sense kind of specific because we're really working towards one goal. So there we also share those eight learnings and identify where we're going to focus on. So what we did there is we helped them identify kind of a vision for what that great place to work would look like. And not only in vague terms, but also what kind of behavior do you want to see within your organization? And then within that vision and framework that we identified with their management team, we started experimenting with smaller teams on new ways of working. So for example, they have a lot of physical shops still in the Netherlands. 
and they wanted to get more entrepreneurship there. They, they didn't like the location of their shop because it's kind of outside the center of the city that they're in. So they started a pop-up shop in the center of the city. And that's some one experiment that we help identify with them. So we do that for a workshop. We inspire them to think differently, then help set up the experiment. And then we coach and facilitate that team throughout the process. We measure also whether this indeed contributes to a great place to work or not. And we also coach management because we really ask them like, okay, you, you're going to have to let this go. Uh, <laughs> How is that process going? <laughs> it's it there like, nope, nope. No, it's actually, I've seen it indeed not going well in other companies, but here it goes pretty well. And that, I think that's also because it's really initiated by the top level of the company. So... And they are also really modeling that behavior. Mm -hmm. I think they have like 250 people working there. So it's also small enough to really see each other's behavior and also to, yeah, to give feedback, I think, to yeah. each other. In terms of behavioral change, I mean, when it comes to change your behavior, your habits, yeah. what is your experience? And how do you encourage to change that behavior? I mean, you mentioned experiments yeah. and you mentioned that you do that in small teams and over a yeah. certain period of time. Maybe you can explain yeah. a bit more about that. One of the experiments we do at Univator is a team that's experimenting with giving each other feedback. So that's a really concrete yeah. example of yeah. different behavior. And they really decided, like, let's not wait until the end of the year where we uh, give each other... Well, we get a promotion from our boss, but let's just give each other feedback on a weekly basis to help mm -hmm. each other grow. So that's a really specific one. I think a bigger mindset change also in uh, ING I saw with those innovation teams. So in the accelerator program where I was a coach in Poland, there were a couple of teams that started working for three months on their ideas. And the question really was like, Take your idea and start developing it into a prototype and by doing that validate whether this idea is feasible or not and whether we should continue to invest in it as ING. What time did they have? Three months full time. So it was quite a big program and then at the end they would present their findings to the board. And because it was such a special program I think a lot of eyes were geared towards it and they were, um, I think the expectation was success. So we're being creative, we have all these trainings, everyone is working with post-its, you know, like... <laughs> yeah, be creative on demand. Exactly. <laughs> so we're going to have huge, huge innovations. In yeah. the, don't fail. But then, um, and that's, that's the thing that you see in those companies, don't fail, like you're going to be successful. But we specifically said, if you see that this product is just not feasible, it's not an interesting product for us to invest in, then you should tell us. Uh, and one of the teams that I was coaching with, they actually found indeed, they were they tested with their customers, they were just, customers are not interested, they're not willing to pay for it, we shouldn't continue doing it. But that really required a lot of coaching for me to help them bring that message on stage to the rest of the company and especially the board. So, because I think for them it felt like ING invested a lot of time and money in this program, we got training, we got coaching, and now we're saying we're not going to continue. That fear of sharing a failure, they, they felt like a, it was like a failure, uh, that's definitely there. And we helped them actually share it like a celebration because you found out that this product is 
not worth investing. And if we didn't do this program, we would have invested in it and actually a lot of money. So actually you saved ING a lot of money. So I think that that's really a mindset change where we're not talking about failure and you're not successful, but we're talking about learning through experimentation. You're learning and some things work out, some things don't. But we're actually celebrating both because it both brings us a lot of learning. Yeah. So you changed also the words you were using, how to speak about it and yeah. how to look at it. Yeah. So what would you think are the, were the key elements for that change? Not talking about failure, but about learning was one big thing. And also really giving the team the self-assurance that they are the experts. It doesn't matter how high the highest paid person in the room, mm -hmm. he's not the expert or she. You are the expert as a team. So giving them that confidence and also uh, coaching then those leaders to not give their opinion about the product because they are not the customer. Far away from the customer. So your opinion doesn't matter. You can ask questions about the process. You can ask questions about the data that they use to build their arguments to give the advice to not continue this product. But you're not going to give your opinion and you're not going to press your own strategies really. you you should really leverage from the expertise that the team has yeah and how was the reaction then how was the celebration <laughs> it was good but not as good as i hoped because there was indeed a leader that was saying okay thank you thank you for your story but there was like one specific part of the product that he still wanted to see if there's more opportunity there And he did say that in a little bit of a directive way. I really remember that moment I was standing there like, oh, I've prepared this team to really bring this message and now you're saying this. And that's also a thing that a lot of leaders are not aware of, that one small sentence can really demotivate a whole team. So probably his intention wasn't bad at all, but it was really not the moment to, to say something like that. And talking about leadership, What did you experience in your work life? The importance of leadership and um, now working with Revolt, how do you engage with leaders who work with also with big corporates? I've been coaching teams, mm -hmm. but I was never really responsible for their performance by the end of the year. Yeah. So we talk a, a, bit, a lot about indeed supportive leadership and uh, coaching leadership styles. Mm -hmm. I know the theory, I did a little bit of a coaching Uh, a smaller coaching uh, training as well and I've experienced leaders myself of course what I do right now is I share my observations and I think if I look at my the, the managers that I had using the term managers yeah. <laughs> using the term managers they, they were my manager back then what I really appreciated in my manager at ING, which I who I really liked, who, and she was actually here last uh, yesterday to oh, also nice. coach okay. us as a, yeah. as a team. Cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I had a really good relationship with her as well. She really gave a lot of trust. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And I, I think through that, that trust and also with that came a lot of responsibility. I just flourished because, and I think that that's really what I need. I need to have the, uh, yeah, the freedom and the trust to to be proactive. If I have someone managing me who is not giving me the space to do that, that, that really demotivates me. I think that that was also what happened in my first two jobs. They should 
give me the trust and the responsibility and yeah just ask me questions to help me form my own thoughts but telling me what to do I think is really inefficient because you're only using one pair of brains instead of two like and why am I are you hiring me if you're doing all the thinking work yeah. <laughs> It's a nice picture. It's kind yeah, of it's like you see single brain talking, and the other one is sitting there. Yeah, and I think those are kind of key elements for me. Mm -hmm. I like that. <laughs> Let me quote that: "You are not using both brains." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you said "I flourished," your eyes were really sparkling. Oh yeah. Um, how was that feeling when you look back and now on the other side, having experienced that? being an employee yourself and now being on the other side with revolt, you know, wanting to revolutionize the way organizations work and the employee engagement. What is your commitment to yeah, bring more, how do you say, flourishment, I don't know if this word exists, but <laughs> <laughs> to make people have this moment you had or this, this experience. Mm. Freedom you mentioned and responsibility, trust. Yeah. I experienced that I was growing into into new sides of myself that I didn't know yet. So kind of becoming a, a richer person, I, th I think, in that sense, through all these new experiences. And every time I got a new opportunity, for example, flying to Germany on my second day oh, wow. <laughs> to start building up that accelerator program, yeah. I had no clue how I was going to do it. But the fact that she gave me that opportunity And I could figure it out. And there was also, I could always call her and she was always there for me. Nice. Wow. Yeah, that, that really gave me the feeling that I was capable of so much more than I thought. Because to be honest, when I stepped into that plane to Germany, I felt like, okay, I don't know why she's thinking that I can do this, but I like her trust, but I, she made a big mistake. I'm gonna, <laughs> this is not, not going to work, but okay, let's give it a try. And I think... By getting those opportunities and uh, yeah, the opportunity to try things and learn and grow, I developed into a better version of myself that I didn't know existed yet. So I think that's what I'd like to bring other people in companies. And I see a lot of people they, that are just, they're just okay with their work, but they're not really happy. And coming home and telling your family what you did, like being proud or celebrating with your team, your successes or... Yeah, getting to that point that you thought you're, you were never gonna get, but then actually getting there and seeing that there's another point in the way where I can move and grow towards, I think that's really fulfilling in life. And um, yeah, that's something I would wish for everyone in work. Yeah, wow, it's a wonderful story. I'm glad that you experienced that. Yeah, I'm glad you asked, asked because I, of course, did reflect on it a little bit. But now I, when you do another round of reflection, you're like, yeah, that's actually what happened. That's cool. And if we look at the existing world, it's rather few of them. And I realized in my experience and also in my coaching training, if the leader is not, for example, committed to introducing HR framework or something mm -hmm. then it'll die and so it comes from the top yeah that was very eye-opening to me that you have to start there it's funny because we actually start from the bottom mm -hmm. often of course with buying from leadership and that's 
Maybe because they're paying the bills. Yeah. Like someone needs to yeah. pay the bills. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you need to have their, their buy-in to start. But um, what we believe is that we're not going to start with a management team and then thinking through the whole organization and all the things that need to change from their perspective and then kind of implementing that. What we do is, yeah, we sit with the management team and we think about what's your strategy, what's your vision, where do you want to grow towards? Mm -hmm. And then we go like to the lowest, lowest level, people who are actually doing the work, working with clients and um, experiment with them with these new ways of working. Mm -hmm. And through that, we kind of create that movement within the organization. Yeah. So they start sharing with their uh, colleagues and new teams are signing up for new experiments. We actually found out that by just starting somewhere, and it doesn't matter where, okay. you see things happening within organizations, people starting to think differently about their role, having different needs from HR, from marketing, from internal support functions. And through that, we learn a lot about what the organization needs to grow to that, that strategy. So maybe it goes a little bit from, from two ways and you need to buy in indeed. Mm -hmm. We've seen that working with the people that are actually doing the work that the, of the core business brings a lot of learnings and, and really starts, kickstarts that change, kind of. Mm -hmm. This experimenting approach, is this something you would say that differentiate you from other consultancies? Or why working with you? What is different about revolts? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good question. That's a, always a tough one and you kind of need to have that as your company, of course. Like, what makes you unique? We were talking about it yesterday with, indeed, my manager from ING. She asked the same question. Yeah, we believe that that experimentation approach is... We might not be the only ones doing it, but it's, it's what makes us unique because we see a lot of companies uh, investing a lot of time in building reports, doing a lot of research, but not actually doing anything within the company uh, and I think what makes us unique is that the companies that start working with us the second week we go into action mode so that brings a lot of learning and also a lot of energy and it starts getting that company into in movement and that's kind of what we want we want them to start moving as soon as possible I believe that's what makes us different for sure and the pace um, I mean okay when you say it yeah the buy-in is needed and is the pace sometimes too too fast? Do you experience that? Mm. From the buy-inner? <laughs> From the buy-inner, yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't experienced that yet by working with Revolt, but I think that's because we start with people that sign up themselves. So we start with the ones okay. that are most, the teams that are most motivated to change something. So you ask voluntarily, hey, we have this yeah. experimentation phase yeah. or like this project and please sign up until yeah. March, whatever, or how is that working? Yeah, so um, we do it in different ways. Um, what we did at Unive was we made a video sharing um, the strategy and the, the envisioned Unive uh, where the management team wanted to, to grow towards and then said like, okay, we're going to start experimenting you can sign up as a team, we're going to start on uh, I don't know, that date. So people just signed up and in the first round of experiments we had four teams and now in the second round we have nine teams. And then actually by the end of an experiment round we share learnings with the rest of the organization through a small event mm -hmm. 
so that's also how people get to know more about mm-hmm. it. They get to know the learnings. They get excited to stand up themselves. So it kind of spreads out like yeah. that. Then the idea back from Corporate Rebels yeah. and this movement and the community. Yeah, exactly. Great. Yeah. Sounds quite easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so just start. That's kind of the message I hear. Yeah. Just start. It doesn't matter where. Just yeah. start somewhere. I think starting is the most powerful thing you can do. <laughs> we don't need a lot of buy-in from the whole company because we're just starting with four teams. So mm-hmm. I think that's also what makes it easier to, to start working with us. Okay. Florian, thanks, thanks very much. And yeah, I have to say I'm, I'm really touched and thankful that you spoke so honestly and openly yeah. and welcoming about your experience, your personal experience. and. I really enjoyed it as well. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad that with that podcast we can open up a bit of what you're doing, how you work. You've already been to Germany and maybe we'll yeah, meet yeah, again. That would be cool. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Thanks very much. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode with Florine and me. And my key takeaways are transformation and change seem to be quite easy. If you just start, just take the small steps. And then by sharing and learning and celebrating, create a movement within the organization and inspire. Then a second thing is one of my favorite topics, leadership. You need an inspiring leader who believes in in you as an employee, as a human being, as a person. <laughs> and who trusts you, who gives you the freedom to make your own experience, but at the same time is there for you, guides you, and is responsive. So I hope you take this episode to look at your happiness at work. And thanks for listening. Again, get in touch with Florine if you want to learn more about innovation, about culture, about how to start experimenting, how coaching within the organization can support teams to be open for change. Reach out for the Corporate Rebels if you need support within your organization. And I would love to start a conversation with you guys about your experiences at work. Uh, We all have frustrating stories. I hope you tune in for the next episode coming in two weeks. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Bye.